Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. You do not have a spiritual limitation on your life. There's no limit to how much you can grow in this box. We limit ourselves here and here, but spiritually you have no ceiling. If there's a barrier to your spiritual growth, it's created by us here and by our lack of wanting to be engaged here. And so you don't have a spiritual ceiling. Remember, God sent Jesus to us to be a gift, but so that we could have life in abundance. He called you to live life to the fullest or, in, or to have more than enough, live life in the overflow. And so the barrier that we need to break through today is typically created by us. And we have to settle that in our heart today, and we have to take some ownership of that. It comes from our mind, will, and our emotions. It comes from the things that limit us, the things that we create, the things that we like to think, the, the excuses that we like to make all those things, right? And it's human nature to get to a place in your faith, just like it is human nature. It's human nature to get to a place spiritually, just like it is in your job or anything that you do outside of here. This isn't what I thought it would be. This isn't what I thought. Man, I thought this would be different. I sure expected this to happen, right? And so, especially, especially in the spiritual realm, because as we go through the phases of our faith, we get to a place where like, I'm not sure this is really what I thought it was going to be, right? And what you need to understand is your barrier that you're going to come across or come into or come against is unavoidable, but it is breakable. It's breakable, but it's only breakable with God. Everybody say, with God. So then, because apart from God, you can do nothing. And apart from God is really where we come into contact with that, uh, that season of uncertainty and, and pain, and maybe it's um, discontent, and, there's, and then we hit what we would call our barrier, Right? And so then the barrier that we're talking about today is the barrier that separates you from God. It keeps you from growing your relationship with God. It keeps you from experiencing all that God has for you. And it limits your engagement and your relationship and what you're doing in your faith and why you started your faith, which can lead to your disengagement and you walking away from what you once thought was so great. And so there's a picture where I get my hair cut. I thought it was so fitting this week. I got my hair cut for the first time in a few weeks. And it says, Passengers are requested to have their tickets ready at the barriers. You know where the sign is, Bill? <laughs> so, and so I was like, oh, wow, I'm speaking on this this weekend. I should probably just take a picture. And what you need to understand is your barrier is your spiritual maturity. It's your level. It's the depth of your spiritual maturity. It's the trials that you've went through and how you've overcome. It is rock bottom. It's the belief that God has called you to live a better life. And so then your ticket through your barriers, really, your spiritual maturity. And so the first thing we need to tackle is where is your barrier? Where is your barrier? And so to get to that, I want to start talking about the six phases of your faith. I really want to park on the first three. I can't teach you the last three, by the way. So when I flip this over and there's a lot of color, don't stress out. We're, we're at the end, okay? And so the, the, the barrier that you come to, the wilderness in your relationship with God typically comes between phase three and phase four. If you want to write that down, you can. And so in phase one, this is your introduction to God. This is where we experience heart change. If you're going to take a note on phase one, it's heart change, not heart transformation. Those are two totally different things. 
What do I mean? I've had a change of heart. There's an old MTV show that used to be like this. I forget the name, but there's a Cupid guy in it. You've had a change of heart. Okay? You once thought one thing, and now you think something totally different. You once believed this, and now you believe that. You've had a change in your heart. This is real. I do believe this. I didn't five seconds ago, but I do now. There's been heart change, and this has to do with your B identity, and this is spiritual renewal. This is born again. And then in phase two, this is great phase of life, by the way, because it's really exciting, and, we're, and it's brand new. And so we're excited, we're anticipating, and we're expectant, okay? Now when we go to phase two, what happens in phase two is this is where we learn about God. So if there's one word for phase one, it's salvation or heart change. And if there's one word for phase two, it's discipleship, learning, learning. This is where I sit down, and as a baby Christian, because I'm a, I'm a brand new believer, I start learning. I learn about who God the Father, Jesus the Son, and God's Spirit really are. And that's when I start taking steps to follow through with baptism, right? And so there is a renewal of my mind here. But what happens is in our discipleship phase, in phase two of our growth, we believe that we should start gaining head knowledge. And so I just need to learn about God. And so I'm just going to dig in and start learning about God. And I'm going to learn. And we store that knowledge in our head and not our heart. Because we know that's what we're supposed to do because we're baby Christians and we live in America and we're taught, you know, results, right? And so how much can I know? How much can I know? And then phase three is right here. It's physical. It's amazing how this plays into 1 Thessalonians 5.23, by the way. Phase three is where we serve. If there's one word for phase three, it's serving. This is being like Jesus. But the reality is because we're baby Christians and we don't know any better, we serve because we know we should because we got saved. Does that make sense? Not saying that it's not connected to your heart, because it is, because there was a heart change here. Now, I ride that train for as long as that train wants to carry me, right? And then at some point, I hit a barrier in between phase three and phase four. It's on the back side. I'll show you. And so in phase three, the majority of us, in the beginning of phase three, it's really amazing, right? So like right here, it's like, oh, I'm doing, and I'm doing for Jesus, and I'm doing because I know I should, and, and I'm paying off like, you know, spiritual debt and, and washing away regret and all that stuff, and, and you're really not, okay, because that happened here. So you don't have to work anything off. You're saved by grace, right? You're saved by grace, not by works. But because we're ignorant and we're babies, we think I should just do. I just need to do something, and I'll do something for God, and then he'll, he'll you know, lightning won't strike me down, right? And so in phase three, we unintentionally get busy doing. And that's because of our personalities, where we live, how it rolls, right? And our hearts get disconnected. Our spirit gets disconnected from our doing, our B identity, who we are. We start identifying ourselves with this. Well, hey, so how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What do you do? First thing we ask, what do you do? What do you do? I do this. And then we identify ourselves by what we do as opposed to who we are, right? And we start unknowingly dipping into old habits in this phase when we get bored here. We get bored in the serving, and so we're going to dip back into old habits, right? But we're going to dip back into those old habits with more self-control. I got this. Now that I have God, I got this. And so I'll just do that once a week, okay, because it used to be fun, and I'm kind of bored here. And I'm not seeing what I thought I was going to see here, so I'm just going to dip back in. But the problem with an old habit, it's like the weed that you pulled out of your driveway two weeks ago. It comes back. And then you guys, we have some, some grass here. What's that stuff called? It's terrible. You pull it up, it like makes it mad, so it grows like twice as much. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Debbie does. And so it's like that. When you go back to an old habit, you pull this weed out of your driveway, but then two weeks later, it's like bigger. 
and hairier and pokier. And you're like, Dad, gummit, I'm going to weed that thing. And so you weeded it, and it comes back again anyways. And the reason it comes back is because we, dig it, we didn't dig it out from the beginning. We had a hard change. We didn't have transformation, right? It's still there. And because you have a memory, because you have a memory, that's what the devil likes to beat you over the head with. And so then, instead of going in, and at that moment, at the moment that you're in, in, in you're serving God with your life, in that moment, when it first comes back, if we would dig it out from the root, we'll continue moving forward. But the reality is, is we tend to go back to a little bit more, and, and even though we have self-control, and now we know right from wrong, right? Not like we didn't before, but now it's a bigger deal because God's Spirit's in you, and He's checking you every time that you're making that decision. And so now when you go back, now it's like, well, I can just manage both of these, and I'll manage my faith, and I'll manage my faults, and we'll just go like that. And that's what causes us as Christians or believers to show up Sunday, like dressed all super nice, hair's done, and then Monday go out and be a totally different person because we're managing the two, right? And, and this happens because we forget what we learned in phase one, and it's Ephesians 1.4. Long before God laid down the earth's foundations, he had you in mind, and he had settled on you, and he focused his love on you so that you would be made completely whole and holy, which is righteous. You're an heir, you're a son or a daughter of Christ. And so, and because we're living in both, we're managing our, our faults and our faith, regardless of the percentage, we're not being true to our new self, the person that we are becoming. And that's really easy to do because we don't know. We just got some head knowledge and we do because we know we're supposed to, right? And so we come to the place in phase three where we believe, man, this the way that I'm moving isn't progressing the way that I thought, and this has served me to a point, but now it doesn't serve me the same way that it did. Of course not, because as you go through this, your expectations dip, and it becomes more about doing and less about being. Does that make sense? And so it serves that point, doesn't serve us anymore, and we see less fruit, and we see less fruit because we're not looking for it, and because we're not looking for it, we become pessimists, and the church stinks because they X. You fill in the blank there, right? And what I hope that you see in the first three phases of your faith is this. It's that the goal in your first three phases is to develop a relationship with God, not to gain a religion. And this is typically what happens. Had some heart change, got some head knowledge. Now I'm doing it because I know I should. And again, that's part of your journey. That's okay. That's okay. But the goal, the goal in God moving through your life and regenerating you from the inside out is to develop a relationship with you, not for you to gain a religion. And so then, in these three, we should be gaining, we should be gaining and growing in depth, but as a new believer, we are weak. We're weak. And sometimes it stinks to admit that, but it's true. We're weak, and we're weak because we don't know, because we're babies. Babies need a lot of help. Babies need a lot of help, and they drink a lot of milk. They drink a lot of milk. And so when we're weak, that's the time for us as believers to lean in, to be intentional in leaning in and learning, learning here so you can have a heart belief instead of a head knowledge, right? And so then we find that in his word because his promises are what give us strength. God's promises give you strength. The Bible says when we are weak, he is strong. Psalms 27 says he is our refuge. He is our safe place. That's, that's what discipleship is about. More of God in your life, less of me. And so when you're born again, you begin with milk. Why? Why? It's simple. You have to go back to the simple things, right? 
And as you mature, you get more solid food, which is why? Because there's depth in your belief. Now there's something in my heart so then we have roots so we can run the race without distractions from what used to get us, from those old roots coming back up in our driveway. And so for refresher, phase one is really Hebrews 5.13. And what uh, Hebrews 5.13 says, anyone who has to drink milk, we are born again. We're brand new. And so we're still a baby. Without, without experience in applying without experience in applying the word about righteousness, but solid food for the mature, for those whose faculties, spirit, soul, and body, faculties have been trained by continuous, it's consistent, it's diligent, it's committed, exercise to distinguish good from evil, not to manage our faults and our faith anymore, but to walk by faith, not by sight, right? And then phase two is really Colossians 3, and what we learn in, in Colossians 3 and in, in, in phase 2 is we're going to put to death the earthly parts of our human nature. We're not going to dip back into the old. It is true. You used to practice these things in the life you once lived before phase 1, before salvation, before you were born again. You did once do that, but now put them all away and put them and put on the new self, which is what we learn here, phase 2, which is continually, here we go again, continually being renewed in fuller and fuller knowledge. We're getting off of milk and into solid foods, closer and closer to the image of its creator, which is you and God. You look like God because he said he made you in his image. And so then you become more like Christ the more you dig in. So then your faith, what this is saying is, it's like going to the bank. You guys ever went to the bank and tried to pull money out that you don't have? <laughs> Not there. Not there. And you ask, well, what happened? Well, there was no investment. Here it is. Continually being renewed in fuller and fuller knowledge, closer and closer. Why? There's investment. Why? It's a relationship. It's a relationship. And so we get to phase three. Now in phase three, this is amazing because we get to see Hebrews 12.1. And this says, lay aside everything that holds you back, that entangles you, and run with endurance the race that God set before you. Because there was heart change, and now we have a, a, now we have a knowledge, now we can go in the way God wants us to go. So then, all of the, those three things are great. We believe that because we believe the God that's the God of phase one is also the God of phase three. He didn't leave you. You're not lost. You just got bored. And you got bored because of this thing, okay? And so then, God is going to be with you when you hit your barrier. Everybody say barrier. So then, because why? Because the one who, who started a good work in you is going to be faithful to complete it. That's scripture. I didn't quote you, but it's scripture. He who began a good work in you will be and is faithful to complete it. So then when you get to that wilderness season in the barrier where you're like, man, I don't know. This isn't serving. I thought this would be different. God's still there. This is your mind going, this sucks. That's what's happening there. Okay? And so then the hard part about your barrier is it holds uncertainty and it holds confusion and there's immaturity in there and there's also pain and there's heartache and there's a past, and there are people, dumb people, right? No offense. Dumb people. And there's a slew of other emotions tied into that season. When you get here, and you're like, I thought it would be different. I thought this would be different. And what you need to know is in all of those things we sang about this morning, there's one thing that's greater than every emotion, than every heartache, than every hardship. There's one thing that's greater. It's God's love. God's love. Now, that's easy for me to say on a Sunday morning in church. 
For us to actually believe that in our heart, that's the barrier. That's the barrier. And the reality is when you actually receive the gift of God's love, it transforms your life. It doesn't just change your heart. It transforms your life, which is what makes phase four, five, and six so special, right? Here's what you need to know. 87%, between 80 and 90% of people who believe in God, okay, never get past phase three. They never get past phase three because we are doers, okay? They struggle to conform to truth, and it's a battle of wills. Their will versus God's will. It's, it's what I want versus what God would will for my life. And if Jesus is our example, Jesus is the one who said, Lord, your will, not mine. He's the one that we follow. And so it's him through us, not me by myself. And oh, could you help me when, when this gets hard? And the confusing part of hitting your barrier is we think it takes more of us. We go to phase three and we go, okay, I just have to do more. More hours, more serving, more some. I got to do more. And then when that doesn't work, we go to the world's ways and we go, okay, so I should dip into some self-help books and some of this, and some of that, and we just start consuming all without checking our heart. Because, you know what? well, I know I need to be doing more because I'm not experiencing what I thought I would. And the reality is we need to turn to God in that moment and seek God's face in that moment. We need to seek his word and his truth as opposed to, what do you think about this? Because like, my opinion is, a, is an opinion. That's all it is. And that's why you don't hear it very often. It's just an opinion. It means absolutely nothing. And when you come here, you're not hearing my opinion. I'm sharing God's truth with you, which is the Bible. And so in that moment, we need to go back to, in the moment that we struggle here and we feel like checking out, walking away, disengaging, going every other Sunday, going once a month, you name it, we go back here and we remember, what did I, what did I believe that day? What did I begin to build my life on that day? That is what's going to carry me. But because we disengage, we get farther and farther away, and then we start believing, well, God's, God's really not in this. Oh, yeah, yes, God's in you the moment that you say, Jesus, come into my life. Save me, make me new, right? And so then, the reality is, is we need less of us and more of God. If you're only drinking milk and there is no foundation, how can you stand up and walk? You can't. You can't. Which makes the barrier that we come to seem just a little bit bigger and a lot like we can't overcome it. And when none of what we thought works and... And the way of the world doesn't provide enough for us. Man's way doesn't provide relief. That typically leads us to go through the motions. And so that's the, like the last part of phase three is like, I'm just going to go through the motions because I still know I should. And this is what people in the Bible Belt have that, mo that people outside the Bible don't have. They wake up with an understanding, I know I need to be part of the body. I know I need to be in relationship. I do believe in God. And so because I believe in God, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to serve. I'm going to have a relationship, etc. right? And so because we go through the motions, that tends to lead us to fall away. And especially post-pandemic, there are Christians who, are, who find themselves at their barrier. They are unsure. Do I turn back? Do I keep going? I feel stuck. If you feel stuck this morning, I've got good news for you. Jesus came so you could overcome all of it and you could break through your barrier. And what 87% of believers don't understand is that growth into full maturity, full maturity in Christ requires you to break through your barrier, and it's your barrier. Your barrier is not my barrier. It's not. The only reason I can share this with you is because God's brought me to this place and beyond. That's the only reason. And so I created my barrier. I created my barrier because of this, because I knew that I should, because I knew that I should, and that was why it existed. 
And so I want to look at one Bible story. This is the book of Exodus. This is an example of the children of Israel. The Bible tells us that the children of Israel, and this is about their liberation from slavery in Egypt. And Moses uh, is their leader. He's kind of the God figure. There's so many parallels in this story. If you want to go deeper this week, go to Exodus and read the book of Exodus. It's in the Old Testament. And Moses was, was nearly killed as a child, and he becomes one of one of, the peop- one of the Egyptians, right? So he is there, and he's trying to convince Pharaoh to free the Israelites. And Pharaoh won't, and so God sends 10 plagues to the Egyptians, and Moses leads the Israelites to the desert and then to freedom. If you know this story, say yes. All right, it's going to make it a little better, okay? And what I, want you to, what I want you to know is I'm paraphrasing this whole thing, and there's a lot, and so I'm not trying to skip anything, but God miraculously bought, brought the children of Israel out of Egypt Yet for some reason, when the Red Sea was parted and they walked through, that was not enough to convince them that God was the one who was protecting them and providing for them. And then just three days into the journey to the promised land where Moses was leading them, the children of Israel started complaining, and they didn't like the water, and they didn't like nothing. Matter of fact, this this is way worse than than how we had it as slaves. So I'm just going to go back and be a slave. Can we let's just go back to Egypt? This is hard and it stinks. And just three days into freedom, they were ready to go back and be slaves again. Just three days. Just three days. And what's crazy about that is every day after that, they complained even more to Moses. And in that 40-day journey, it was only a 40-day journey if they just walked it. That 40-day journey became a forever long journey to them. And what you need to see in this story is God called them into complete obedience and humility. It was only through the testing of their faith in the wilderness that they came to the place of total surrender. Lord, your will, not mine, right? And because they came to that place, they broke through the barrier that was keeping them. And it's so easy three days in to go, you know what? I'd much rather go back to that comfortable prison that I was in, to that familiar prison, than I would to walk in this unfamiliar freedom. Because I don't know all of this, because I don't know it. I'll just go back to the old crowd and the old way and the old things, and, and, but I'll be, I'll be better this time because I know better, right? And that's false because you become what you surround yourself with. And in that season of 40 years, as they wandered and wandered and wandered and wandered, there was nothing anyone could do, even Moses, their leader, right? There was nobody else they could depend on. They had to get to a place where they were solely depending on God. And I want you to see in this story that sometimes... Sometimes, it's a, it's a pretty big point, sometimes God will test you, not because he wants to know the condition of your heart, but because you do. You do. How am I spiritually? Where am I spiritually? Not because he, he already knows. You need to know. Remember, your heart is the very seat of your being. This is where every decision comes from. We think we do it here but as a man thinks, so he is. That's scripture too, okay? And so this is your spirit, and the, con- the content and the condition of your heart affects every decision that you make, and you ultimately live or lead in your life. And the reality as the children of Israel came through the desert and into freedom, the promised land, their future, which was super bright, right? They realized that God wanted them to depend on him instead of themselves. And it took them 40 years to figure that out, Right? And this leads to phase four. 
I come, I come through. I now have a deeper understanding, right? God wants me to depend on him for all things. Wow, I probably could have got that in one day if I wasn't just so stuck in my head, right? And so he wants you to depend on him for your daily provisions and your future endeavors. And if you will trust him, he will lead you. If you'll trust him, Lord, your will, not mine, he will lead you. So then we have to learn to make and take small steps every day. And that sometimes stinks because we get impatient. Super, super impatient. And this is how you break through your barrier. This is how you break through your barrier. You must come back to what's the condition of my heart. And remember, this was heart change. Transformation comes just like Scripture said. It's a daily walk, right? I continually come back more and more, become like the person who created me. And so if you've been at the barrier or at your barrier, you're on your way, you're not sure, what I want you to know is it doesn't take a miracle. It does not take a miracle of God to break through. It just takes trust in God. So many times we want miracles. The God that led you, led you here in your first phase is still the God in your third phase. He's still the God at the end of this when you're bored and not sure and trying your 17th church because the 16th didn't make you happy like the 15th, right? Eh, this stinks, okay? And so, so then he is the God. It's really, it's really the greater series that we did before this series. God, more of you and less of me. God, more of you and less of me. And the reality is this. We want that miracle to come, and most of the time it doesn't come. We expect the miracle. We want the miracle. God, just do this, and I will, follow, I will trust you if you'll just do this one thing. Just this one thing, and, I, and, I, and you have me. I'm in. And the reality is, is the miracle never happens because of two things, the level of our faith and the lack of our relationship with God. And then we become there to say, God doesn't do miracles. God doesn't heal. God doesn't do jack. Well, yes, he does. Yes, he does. He says you need faith of a mustard seed. So if he's not moving, we go back to what? I'm going to check my heart. I'm going to check my heart. What's the condition of my heart? Right? And so then what's the barrier for you today? If there's, if there's something that's in your way from you moving forward with God, I want you to identify that. And I want to relate to much like the children of Israel, there were four things that they had to do. I want to talk about doing. There were four things they had to do for that 40-day journey to be a 40-day journey. One, they had to encounter God. I had to get, get to a place where I see God and I know God and I know God for myself and not for anybody else. It's not my mom's faith and my grandma's faith because they did it, I do it. I had to know God for myself. They had to encounter God. They had to get healthy, completely healthy, 100% whole, healthy. Not just physically healthy, it's crappy water, whatever, 100% healthy. They had to find their identity. They had to find their identity. I'm convinced that the reason it took 40 years is because if it would have took 40 days, they would have showed up to the promised land and still identified themselves as slaves. Therefore, they wouldn't have taken the land. It's time for you to find your identity. That's what you get. And the fourth thing is they identified their next step, which they knew was the promised land, right? But those four things. And the children of Israel could have easily made the 40-day journey in 40 days if they had these four things, if they had these four things. But God knew what? God knew that they weren't seeking him. They were just following Moses around and getting angrier and angrier every day, right? That they weren't healthy. He knew they had no clue who they were. This is good. They weren't seeking God. They weren't healthy. They had no clue who they were, and they hadn't identified their next step because they were still wanting to go back to their previous step, right? Instead of seeing themselves as children of God, warriors, to 
take a land. They were still slaves. And it took 40 years for them to break through that barrier. Galatians 4, 7 says this, you are no longer a slave. You are not a slave to your past. You are no longer a slave to your past, but a son or a daughter, but a son or a daughter. And if a son or a daughter, then God has made you an heir. So then there's an inheritance. Heir is one of those churchy words, so I identified it. It's a person inheriting and continuing the legacy of a predecessor. So then, what the Israelites needed was a generation to die off so they could step into their identity. We are warriors. I don't know what those people were thinking. God's called us. We are a chosen people. You're a chosen people as you sit here today. Galatians 4.7 tells you that. And the wilderness or the barrier is really the place that you get your life together. It's really the place where you get your life together. The issue is, is we think that happens here because we had a heart change. We just assume our life's together now. That's false because it was a process to get right to the start of that S right there. Some of us 40 years, some of us 31 years, some of us are lucky and get it at seven, right? That's why it's easier to train a child than fix an adult. That's why. And so then right here is the start. And the reality is, is we think that when I pray the prayer, now my life is all rainbows and butterflies. Debt's paid off. I don't have to do that anymore. And that's false. You're still a human being, right? And so the decisions that we made before we got here still exist. Now we have to learn how to overcome them with truth as opposed to opinion or whatever, right? And so in, in the moment that you hit your barrier, you're in the wilderness, you're lost and confused, this is the moment that you dig in and redefine your commitment as opposed to restart. Because the longer you're here at the end of phase three and wondering what's next and this isn't what it was and I don't know, I'm not sure and, and I thought it'd be different, what happens more times than not is we drift away and then we get out here in a place where we know we're not healthy and this is not good for us. And remember, that was good. We were expectant, we were alive, there was refreshment, all that stuff. And so because we get out here and we get lost, instead of pushing through our barrier, we start over. I need to rededicate my life. I've done that twice, okay? Why? Head knowledge, just here. And instead of getting to the place where I go, okay, I dropped the ball, I blew it, I'm a dirtbag, I knew it, okay? And come all the way back and I'm gonna rededicate my life. And that's great. And what happens at rededication? There's a heart change. We learn a little bit more, but this time with greater intention. I'm not just going to scroll and take the good stuff. I'm going to get it all because I know I should. Because I know I should. All based off of heart change. And so you must be completely healthy to move through phase four. That's what we're talking about, having, being in, journeying toward. This is a journey for you. You guys have decisions and steps to take outside of here. This is great stuff. This is God. This is the Lord's will for your life, but you have to make decisions. So then to be, uh, to be completely healthy means I have to have a heart check and a soul check and a, and a body check. And we said, see, these were C words at the beginning of this series. Um, this was uh, body composition. I'll never forget that. Soul care, right? And then this is, this is the restart. This is restart. And so if you're going to break through your barrier, you need to be those three things. Two, identify your child. You're an heir, Right? And then have an agenda. There's, there's a next step for you. Identify that next step. By the way, 
you would say, well, my next step is heaven. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Heaven is our reward. It's not your next step. It's where you're going. You want to experience God's will for your life on earth. God, your will be done, not mine. That's the overcoming life. That's the better life that God wants you to live. You overcome because of God in your life, not because of you in your life. Does that make sense? And so for the 13% of believers who make it through their barrier, don't get overwhelmed. We've already talked through phase one, two, and three, okay? You already have these. Here's the barrier I've been talking about, okay? By the way, a barrier is an obstacle that prevents you from having access. That's what a barrier is. Prevents you from having access. So we've talked here. We've talked heart change. We've talked discipleship, learning the right way. And we've talked serving, doing better. And we know how this is both spirit, mind, and body, all rooted in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. In phase four, I can't do this for you. This is your part. This is your part. Everybody say my part. In phase four, you have heart transformation. You have here what you thought you had here, but the only reason you have heart transformation here is because it's real faith. It's real faith. Oh, I've made it through that. And instead of rededicating my life and starting over, I pushed through. And now there's transformation of heart because, because this faith is my faith. And this story of the Israelites is my story. It's in my heart, which leads to, to phase five, right? Here, there is a love and a trust in God that you've not had before, but only because you've pushed and came through. It's faith. It's faith. It's a better life. It's, this real faith is believing in the overcoming life of a believer. God's will prevails in your life right here. That's what creates heart transformation. That's where you start to have real faith. No big deal, by the way. This is just a deeper level. Heart transformation is a deeper, deeper level of your spirit. There's more connection with God. There's more connection with God. So these final three touch every part of our being just like the first three did, just like Paul said in, in 1 Thessalonians. Phase five is mind transformation. This is real relationship, not discipleship. Now I'm engaging, as opposed to learning, I'm engaging in who God is and I'm becoming more like him. This is real relationship. Now the truth becomes the truth. The truth is the truth that sets me free. It doesn't, it doesn't anger me or upset me, right? And so, this is, and now because of that, this is faith with works. Faith without works is dead. This faith with works actually produces something which leads to phase six, which is life transformation, body. Mind, mind transformation. Truth becomes real because of real relationship. Heart, knowledge happens here, not head knowledge. And now this is real love. This is real love. In life transformation, you become salt and light. God's love becomes your love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love, treat others as you want to be treated. God's love becomes your love. And in this moment, you're a walking example of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We think doing what Jesus did was good. Now I am. This is that spirit being regenerated to actually come through me. Now this is to see what God can do through you. This is God's will coming to fruition through you. It's through you. Does that make sense? Sweet. Here's why. Breaking through your barrier is super important, but you don't get to skip steps. So I can't go from two to five. I, I have to come on around. And I really have to get to this, this green barrier, which is green for a reason because it's a spiritual battle that you're facing. You're fighting a spiritual battle here. It's spiritual. 
It's 100% spiritual. There's something God wants you to learn, and God wants you to get your life together so that you can gain access to heart transformation. Okay? And so you don't skip phases and you don't jump around. It's a process. Because why? Because babies become children. Children become teenagers. Teenagers become young adults. Young adults become men and women. Right? And it's a process. It's a process. Babies don't go to grown men unless they're Benjamin Buttons, and that's backwards anyway, so you can't do that either. Okay? Each phase of your faith builds on itself. Builds on the next. And so I'm going to close with this. It's really easy to come to the barrier of your spiritual growth and go, enough, enough. I've done this long enough. I did that. I've been doing that, and I did this, and I just don't experience anything. Do you know that there's a devil out there that doesn't want you to experience anything good, right? And so it's easy to believe here that you're not good enough, that you're not doing enough, and that you're doing it wrong. One of those three is, is, is the case, right? And it's easy to get busy with religious activity. Just need to jump in the routine of whatever we do, right? Sunday, got to go. No, you don't. God wants your heart. And so you can live life out of balance and you can live life out of focus. All of this started with a heart change. All of this started with a heart change. And it's not anybody's fault that you start gaining head knowledge to gain head knowledge so you can know. It's good to know. It's good to know, but it's better to believe. It started with a belief. It continues with a belief, which continues with a belief that brings us to a place that challenges me to go, is this really what I believe? Is God really the God of who he says he is? Heart transformation. Mind, life transformation. Now I can live as a fully devoted follower of Christ. Your relationship with God was never meant to be about how you do it. There's not a how. It's a who. It's who you are. And so it's not how much you do or, or any of that. It's growing in a relationship and it's gaining depth in your relationship with him. And the barrier that's in your life allows you to identify where you're at in your heart. Remember, God doesn't test you to know your heart. It's so you do. It's so you can know the condition of your heart. And sadly, many people come here and they're just numb to all the doing. And so they walk away. They get to that place and instead of letting the gospel change their life, they decide they'll do it. I've got it. It's, it's better this way if I do it, right? And if you're going to break through, you need a few things. Here's your action steps if you're taking notes. Your action steps go right along with what the, what the four things the children of Israel had to do. Trust the slow work of God. I struggle with this so bad. Trust the slow work of God. It's really hard for those who like metrics and, and producing and overcoming, and getting more, and like, like I just want to go. Guys, there, there are ideas I've had here that I, I can't sit on because I have to go. Trust the slow work of God in your life. He's doing something special in you. He's doing something special in you so it can come through you. Trust the slow work of God. Identify your unhealthy attachments. This is huge. This is huge. What's keeping you on this side of the barrier? What's keeping you in the wilderness? What's keeping you there? Identify your unhealthy attachments that keep you from growing deeper in your relationship with God. What am I saying? Get rid of what's keeping you on this side, on the phase three side, which is a great phase to be in, so you can take your next step spiritually. This happens by engaging more with him 
and less than anything else, which is a humongous deal for all of us here. To engage more with God than I do with my social media deal, is, it's a lot. But that's what it's going to take to have heart transformation. You want God to influence your life and your decisions. You want his will to be done. So then I need to engage. It's a relationship. If I only talk to Heather once a week, we're not going to be married very long. Right? Every day. Number three, this is a good one. I'm going to trend you up. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. Identify what is good. John 1, 17 says, every good and perfect thing comes from God. Every good and perfect thing comes from God. If you want more God, or if you want more good, rather, if you want more good, say thanks for the good that you have. Seek more good. Surround yourself with more good. Expect more good in your life because every good and perfect thing comes from God, and God wants good in your life. Count your blessings. Those are from God. If it's good, it came from God. The last one's remember your identity. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're an heir. There's an inheritance for you as a follower of Jesus. It's better than anything that anybody can give you here on earth because you're not taking that with you anyways, right? If you struggle to understand who you are, what your identity is, there are white envelopes on the back uh, table right here on the way out the auditorium. Grab a white envelope and take it home. Open it when you get home. It's totally fine. That'll help you as an action step from a few weeks ago. The truth is this. We need to purge our souls. When we get here, we need to purge. We need to purge what we think we know, right? We need to unlearn some things. We need to relearn some things. We need to put off the old, old people, old places, old things, and we need to step into who God has called us to be so we can get where he wants us to go, and that is the fulfilled life. So here's your recap. We are done. As you approach this barrier, this spiritual barrier in your life, seek God. Seek God. What am I saying? It's a spiritual connection. Check your heart. Where are you? Where's God in your life? Do a health check. How am I? Three parts whole, which means what is this costing me, right? Remind yourself who you are. You're a son or daughter. You're an heir. And then identify and re refresh your next step and start walking that direction. Don't just identify and go, oh, I'll be good. We'll get there someday, right? I'm going to go back over here. Identify it, refresh it, and start walking that direction. Why? God's purpose is to be in relationship with you. It's relationship with you. So then when you die to and detached from the negative behaviors and activities for the purpose, for the purpose of getting closer to him, you get to enjoy what he's given you because God's creation is good. God's creation is good. And all things that are good come from him. So in your moment of encountering the barrier, the gift of God's love in your relationship will not only allow you to break through this, it'll transform your life. It'll transform your life. You experience a lot of hell in this moment right here. It's bad. It's hard. It's hard. God's love will transform your life, not just change your heart. Not just change your heart. When you encounter Jesus, you leave different. You leave different. And that's what God wants for you. That's it. He just wants you to live a transformed life. Why? It's better. It's better. Anybody who's walked this and walked away, even when they get out here, they know that was better than I got right now. We all know that. And that's why we all sit here today. God wants you to break through your barrier so you can get closer to him, so you can see more fruit in your life, more good fruit. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church 
without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.